Well, I decided to use the readings that are proper to the Memorial Day uh, for this uh, Memorial of St. Francis. In our Gospel, Jesus has this spirit of rejoicing and, and praise to the Father, and that is, is uh, very appropriate for St. Francis, who is a, a saint of great joy. And uh, in that same gospel, he speaks of the childlike, simple simplicity. Of course, this is also uh, very appropriate for St. Francis. And then he talks about humility, humbleness of heart. And, and certainly, this is one of the great virtues of St. Francis was humility. And then in our first reading from Galatians, St. Paul talks about being crucified to the world and the world being crucified to him. And St. Francis led a a remarkably, profoundly crucified life. And St. Paul mentions, he says, uh, I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. And in the Greek, St. Paul uses the word stigmata, and that's translated as marks. So he said in the Greek, it's the stigmata. And uh, the stigmata originally were some form of a, a tattoo or a branding that you would, you know, brand like an animal with, a hot iron you'd brand into their skin. And it uh, sometimes soldiers in the Roman army would have a brand upon their shoulder or a tattoo, and then that would signify that they belonged to a particular regimen. Um, or a slave would have a brand mark, some kind of uh, stigma upon him or her to show that he or she was the property of, of a particular slave owner. And so Paul is saying, I bear in my very body the stigmata of Christ. I am his property. I have marks within my very flesh that let all men and, and angels know that I belong to Jesus. Uh, and of course, we, we know the, this mystical experience that St. Francis is famous for. Uh, speaking of being crucified to the world, he had a vision. This was right towards the end of his life. He had a vision of an angel with six wings um, coming towards him. Uh, and uh, the closer the angel got, he could, Francis could tell that it was crucified. Very interesting figure. It was a, a crucified angel. And he had this overwhelming experience of joy and yet, and yet suffering at the same time. Very interesting. Joy in suffering. Okay. Kind of a paradox, maybe. And, uh, after he came out of the vision, he, he had the stigmata, this, these marks on his body, his hands, his side, his feet. I think the marks on his feet went away quickly. And for the rest of his life, he just bore the stigmata in his side and on his hands, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, this was really an outward sign of an internal gift that God had given him. And that gift was a, a profound identification with the suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross, such that Francis experienced the suffering that Jesus went through. And yet he was joyful. And it really wasn't in spite of the suffering that the joy flowed forth from the heart of Francis, but it was because of the suffering. 
It was joy through and by means of the suffering. And that's what's amazing about joy. Pleasure, we can't have pleasure if we're being crucified. (laughs) But you can have joy. Joy is a spiritual reality that transcends our emotions. It transcends the lower powers of our soul and the, the grief and the pain that we might be experiencing. Joy is something that can be had in the midst of trial and, and, um, uh, and suffering. And, and this is realized in a, in a very exemplary way in Francis's life. Francis was known for, of course, his whole relationship with nature. Um, and uh, there are no words to describe the greatness of the saint. His incredible love, the size of his heart, was the size of the universe. He encompassed all of creation in his heart. And he had no hatred. He had no enmity. He had no fear of any created reality. But everything that was created, he could see it as it was originally intended to be by God. And as it came forth from the hand of the Creator, and as such, he embraced it with such generosity and and passionate love that there is hardly a saint really ever to to rival these these virtues in Francis. He's known for writing the the cant- composing the Canticle of the Sun. I'll read this to you. Very famous poem. Most High, All Powerful, All Good Lord, All Praise is Yours, All Glory, All Honor, and All Blessing. To you alone, most high, do they belong. No mortal lips are worthy to pronounce your name. Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures, especially through my Lord, brother's son, who brings the day, and you give light through him. He is beautiful and radiant in all his splendor. Of you, most high, he bears the likeness. Be praised, my Lord, through sister moon and the stars. In the heavens you made them bright, precious and beautiful. Be praised, my Lord, through brothers wind and air, and clouds and storms, and all the weather through which you give your creatures sustenance. Be praised, my Lord, through sister water. She is very useful and humble and precious and pure. Be praised, my Lord, through brother fire, through whom you brighten the nights. He is beautiful and cheerful and powerful and strong. Be praised, my Lord, through our sister, Mother Earth, who feeds us and rules us and produces various fruits with colored flowers and herbs. Be praised, my Lord, through those who forgive for love of you, through those who endure sickness and trial. Happy those who endure in peace, for by you, Most High, they will be crowned. Be praised, my Lord, through our sister, bodily death, from whose embrace no living person can escape. Woe to those who die in mortal sin. Happy those she, sister, bodily death, finds doing your most holy will. The second death can do them no harm. Praise and bless my Lord and give thanks and serve him with great humility. So the... Francis is said to have written this after recovering from a very severe sickness that almost took his life. And then, uh, it was about two years later, he was on his deathbed. And as he was dying, it was for the first time that he recited that in, in its totality, along with another 
uh, Franciscan brother that he, to whom he taught the poem. And it says just a few moments before he died, he added the line about sister death. And, uh, he, again, the, there was no created reality, even death in a certain sense is just a, it's a part of nature. Okay, in as much as we are bodily beings and God created us that way, our bodies break down and they, they are subject to corruption and decay and eventually to death. And uh, in as much as that is something that's part of God's creation, part of nature, Francis embraced death. And he saw it as a blessing because death brings an end to the possibility of us committing a serious sin, a serious or grave or mortal sin against God and thus losing friendship with God. And so because death brings an end to that possibility, that's one of the reasons why Christianity views it not as not as an, a bad thing, not as something evil, but as something good. Something to be looked forward to. Something to be embraced. Something even to be prayed for. That's how... Uh, profound and transcendent and eternal a vision uh, the gospel gives to us, uh, a vision that Francis was able to embrace so generously and so wholeheartedly with no sense of entitlement, no anger, the fact that all the great suffering that he went through, but seeing suffering even as a privilege, something to be grateful for because it brought him closer to Jesus. So we praise God for this amazing and this great saint. We pray for participation in his merits and his prayers and his intercessions. And we, we ask that through his prayers, God would give us the ability to, uh, to imitate him.